This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Hosted by Katie Milkman, an award-winning behavioral scientist and author of the best-selling book, How to Change, Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Hear true stories from Nobel laureates, authors, athletes, and everyday people about why we do the things we do. Listen to Choiceology at schwab.com slash podcast or wherever you listen. Hey, listeners, I've got a special announcement. This year marks the 25th anniversary of Slate. And for a limited time only, we're offering our annual Slate Plus membership at $25 off. As a member, you'll get no ads on any of our podcasts, no paywall on the Slate site, and member-exclusive episodes from shows like Slow Burn and Political Gab Fest. For the past 25 years, Slate podcasts have covered all the major news events from elections to social issues to historic court decisions. Our culture shows have named the best summer songs and explained the latest TikTok trends, and our advice podcasts, like this one, may have changed your life. To help us be here for another 25 years, join Slate Plus now. You can sign up at slate.com slash howto plus. Again, through October 31st, we've got this special deal, $25 off an annual membership. So sign up now at slate.com slash howto plus. Thanks. And now on to the show. I just think like compliments are the best thing and they're such a good opener like if I'm standing in line or something, I will sometimes like look around and think, is there someone standing near me I can compliment? Like, I guess because I haven't had enough interaction, you know, I'm like must drum up interaction. Um, but it like always ends up being a very pleasant experience, right? Welcome to How To. I'm Amanda Ripley. So let's talk about friends for a second. My best friend, Catherine, I met her when I was 12. She's awesome. I don't know what I would do without her. My other closest friends in life are mostly people I met freshman year of college when I was 18. Since then, I've met a lot of amazing people who I love hanging out with, but most of those friendships only run so deep, which is kind of weird when you think about it. I mean, why is it so hard to make new close friends as an adult? This is the time of life when we kind of know who we are. We're more comfortable in our own skin, hopefully. We meet a lot more people than we did as little kids. Wouldn't now be the ideal time to make the best friends of your life? Well, it turns out it can be, but you have to do a bunch of things differently than you did when you were in sixth grade. This week, we're bringing together two listeners who are struggling with this problem for very different reasons. My name is Grace. I am currently a medical ICU nurse in Ohio. And most of my friends were from elementary school and they've all scattered. And same with my college roommates and friends. Hi, my name is Nikki and um, I work as an electrical engineer in Atlanta. And I moved to the U.S. about nine years ago as a graduate student. Uh, and since then, I've been moving a lot. Uh, my husband and I, we live in Atlanta now, but the end of this week, um, I will be moving to Charlotte. Uh, I'm still struggling to make friends each time I start fresh in a new place. So it sounds like you keep leaving and Grace, other people keep leaving you. Exactly. Right? So that's the... <laughs> Am I right in saying you're moving in two days? You're moving again? Yes, that's correct. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Week. So this is just in time. <laughs> 
It can be tough to make new friends in normal times, let's be honest, but it's been especially hard the last couple of years when we're hiding behind masks, social distancing. Now imagine doing all of that and being a nurse in an ICU. So I was pretty much waking up, going to work, going back to bed and repeating that process. And I just felt lonely. And mm. as a nurse and seeing people struggle and watching everything that's happened in this past year, I felt like I didn't really have an outlet besides my family to talk about what I was experiencing. Nikki, meanwhile, experienced her own kind of isolation while working remotely. I had taken up a new job um, back in fall in Charlotte. And so while I was allowed to work remotely, I'd never really met any of my team or my co-workers. And so I was alone at home. And I think uh, just growing up in Mumbai in India, I was used to seeing a lot of people outside, no matter mm. what time of the year. And I think that's something I'm still not used to in the US. Like even if I would go to the gym in our apartment complex, like I would see a few people there, but no one was talking to each other. And I didn't know how to start a conversation uh, just without it being awkward. You know, I should say, this is one of the most common questions we get from our listeners. Everyone eventually is lonely. If you haven't been lonely yet, you, you will be. Yeah. So <laughs> get ready, <laughs> you know, and it's part of life, but it's not um, an, an impossible problem. So the more we talk about it, the less taboo it is, right? Mm -hmm. On today's show, we're bringing in a master at making friends, someone who has literally developed a playbook for talking to random strangers, turning that small talk into big talk over time, and then deepening a friendship and maintaining it for years and years. And later in the show, we'll hear from you, our listeners, who sent in your thoughts and questions about our last two special episodes on how to handle an angry confrontation in public. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Choiceology is a show all about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Each episode shares the latest research in behavioral science and dives into themes like, can we learn to make smarter decisions and the power of do-overs? The show is hosted by Katie Milkman. She's an award-winning behavioral scientist, professor at the Wharton School, and author of the best-selling book, How to Change. In each episode, Katie talks to authors, historians, athletes, Nobel laureates, and everyday people about why we make irrational choices and how we can make better ones to avoid costly mistakes. Listen and subscribe at schwab.com slash podcast, or find it wherever you listen. This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary, whether you're facing off road challenges or harsh weather conditions. Built for the modern explorer, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. And cargo capacity means more room for your gear. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. 
Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. A vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Our expert today is Elizabeth Newcamp. She's the host of Slate's Mom and Dad Are Fighting podcast and the travel blog Dutch Dutch Goose. She's been forced to learn to make new friends again and again and again. Elizabeth's husband is in the Air Force and gets relocated frequently, which means she's had to start fresh many, many times, hopping from Georgia to Indiana to D.C. to California to the Netherlands to Florida to Colorado. You get the picture. And some places have been easier than others. The international move making friends was very difficult, but I had sort of anticipated that. But moving back to um, kind of the panhandle of Florida where it, it just I made a lot of acquaintances, but making those friendships was really <laughs> difficult. Huh. Just to point out some context, about 22 percent of Americans say it's been at least five years since they made a new friend. There's some research that shows that loneliness has the same effect on your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Wow. Which I'm not a smoker, but I, I if I had to choose, I guess that's more fun. Yeah. Smoking 15 <laughs> yeah. cigarettes a day. Like <laughs> if I had to choose, lonely. I'd rather do that. And um, usually you smoke with a friend. Yeah. Right. You meet people <laughs> on the smoking breaks. <laughs> that's very social. Can either of you describe a low moment from the last few years? Like, and you just felt like, man, this is really bleak. I wish I had someone here I could talk to right now. I've had two nursing jobs now. And, you know, learning the workplace dynamics is hard. And when I went to hang out with them, they all knew each other. They've been with each other for months at this point, working through the pandemic. So they're friends. And when I step in, I felt lonely because I didn't get their inside jokes. And just because, you know, I'm surrounded by people all day at work doesn't necessarily mean I'm fulfilled by them. Mm, that's so that is such a crystallizing insight that sometimes the loneliest place is when you're lonely around other people, right? Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Grace. Nikki, do you have any any stories? Sure, yeah. Being in the industry that I'm in, most of my coworkers are significantly older than me and uh, typically male. And there have been a lot of moments where everyone is talking about football and mm. I just feel completely lost. So when we were in Washington State, um, there was uh, Washington State University very close by. And so one day we just bought tickets to a game and said, okay, let's go. <laughs> and then we tried to uh, look up the rules and understand the game on YouTube and try to teach each other. <laughs> yeah, if you figure out how football works, let me know. Um, because I also, I am baffled by it. <laughs> Nikki, I'm in, I'm completely there with you. Um, my, one of my first big moves was out to California and same thing. It was all this football talk and I could just <laughs> really care less. <laughs> like, let's talk about anything else. But I, I know in the same way that like the inside jokes being 
in a group and they are all bonding about something and Mm -hmm. you cannot join in that is that isolating feeling. And I, I was actually trying to think if I've ever had a move in which after that first, like one of those first outings, I haven't cried in my car. And I I think it is like so common that my very, very closest friend now, like when I move somewhere and I call her the first time, she's like, are you crying in your car? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's where we are. That's where we are in this cycle. Um, I feel so so seen right now. (laughs) So I feel like good news, it's part of the process. Bad news, it sucks. I don't (laughs) Like, you know, um, that's like weirdly reassuring. <laughs> oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. in our social like it's 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 in our DNA to be in a group. Right. That that mm. is like the basis of human survival was like you're part of this group. You know, you're part of this pack. And and so I just feel like, like you said, we are all lonely at some point. OK, so it sounds like our first rule is we all have to learn about football. Yeah. First of all, that's so that's one way in. Like I've seen this with my husband. He doesn't know anything yeah. about football. He doesn't watch football. But sometimes around other dudes, he'll like fake it. Yeah. Until he makes it, you know? Like he'll just kind of like throw out a few words and I'm like, what are you doing? So Elizabeth, how did you can you give us an example of how you went from crying in your car to breaking through? Honestly, I what I think the number one thing I've learned is that the way to make friends is to ask for help. Mm. Um it it is so hard, but it is such an easy way to let someone in. And that can be as simple as like when you get to the office, hey, do you know where the ladies room is? Do you know where I can make this copy? Even if you could figure it out yourself, because what you are doing is giving yourself an in. It's just a really good way to break the ice. It also for me is a good kind of litmus test. I tend to like people who like to help people. And so if the person like kind of shirks me off, that's a really good way to just be like, okay, this was not my person with with very little invested. Mm -hmm. So this is our first rule. Assuming you aren't super into football, ask for assistance about anything, even if you don't really need it. It's a great excuse to talk to a stranger and to get a quick sense of how friendly they actually are. In offices, I almost always ask for help with, like, getting the copier to work. Or where do people usually go for lunch? Do people go out for lunch? Do they pack their lunch? Mm, that's a good um, one. Where do we sit for mm. lunch? That also invites them to invite you. And again, yes. if they don't invite you, it's okay. You This was probably not your person. Message received. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. You know, we're new in Colorado Springs with the kids in schools. One of the schools has a phone check-in. I asked this mom, like, okay, can you just walk me through this? Even though, you guys, I could definitely probably figure it out. Um, Then we were standing next to each other. I could ask her her daughter's name. I could ask her. um, I really love, she's wearing a pair of Allbird shoes, which I really love. So I was just like, oh my gosh, you're wearing Allbirds. I love that. Like, I think Mm. those things invite a response. Here's another rule. To find somebody who might be friend material, you kind of have to be friendly yourself. Also, it helps to understand what kind of friend you're looking for. There's what Elizabeth calls friends of the heart. These are your true, long-lasting friendships. And then there are friends of the road. You need a collection of people. And I think sometimes people think, like, they start to get to know someone and, like, everything is not perfect. 
it's okay to just say, this is my work friend. This is the friend that I eat lunch with and we enjoy each other's company and Mm -hmm. I don't feel lonely, but we don't do anything outside of work because we don't have that relationship. You know, that is perfectly acceptable. Even if when you move jobs, you don't take her with you. Mm. Hmm. So situational friends. Um, (laughs) I like that. Friends of the road. Um, road. So uh, Nikki, you're going to move on Friday and you're going to meet some of your coworkers for the first time in person. What do you think about this idea of asking them for help? I love that idea. I'm definitely going to use it because um, I will be going to the office building and there's so much to know about there. I don't know anything about where to eat or uh, the lo- local restaurant. So people want to be experts yes. in their <laughs> domain, you know, like that makes people feel useful, makes them feel like they know stuff. And, and you know, even if they're like, wow, Nikki does a lot of copying. She's constantly <laughs> asking for, even though she's an electrical engineer, uh, the copier really... <laughs> The, co- the copier is a common enemy, though, guys. Like that's the, true. It never works for yes. everybody. Nope. So it's such an easy target. <laughs> <laughs> common enemies is another good way to make friends. That is true. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting some ideas of even uh, you know slyly unplugging it from the back and then exactly. asking everyone for help. <laughs> Next Ooh, level, man. I one. love that. A project. I mean, a project is a great way to build friends. <laughs> right. And Grace, what do you think about this idea of uh, friends of the road versus friends of the heart? I love small talk. So I think for me, friends of the road can sometimes be easier to come by. I know how to find that lunch buddy, but not having that friend of the heart is what's an issue for me. Mm-hmm. People who really know you like through and mm-hmm. through. Grace, are there people that you feel like, I wish I spent more time with these people? Oh, 100%. Okay, so that's great, because the problem then is not (laughs) that the people you're around are not your people. It's more, it sounds like, of kind of a time and and moving these people into that friends of the heart zone. Yes. And I think for me, too, going back, especially if I'm starting my job and they already have their own group of friends. Sometimes they feel like, oh, maybe they're just friends with me because, you know, I weaseled my way in. You know, I think that I'm lesser than their original friends. And so So, it makes me nervous. hmm. Totally. And this is the hard work, Grace. (laughs) Yes. I feel that already, Grace and Nikki, both of you, I can, you are both people I want to be friends with. Like, I hope after we leave this, you're like, oh, gosh, we're all friends. Yes. The way that you're able to communicate your vulnerability here is what I wish for you with these other people. And sometimes you have to do that in those in those conversations to say these kind of things to your friends. I love going out with you guys. I'm still just feeling a little bit on the outside. Um And this is harder, right? Because like if you got rejected, it would hurt so -hmm. much more than like if someone was like, no, I'm not going to help you use the copier. Yeah. (laughs) But the payoff is so much bigger. When we come back, we'll learn why being a little desperate isn't necessarily a bad thing. Don't go anywhere.
Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. Plus, Apple Card has no fees, not even hidden ones. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Variable APRs for Apple Card range from 19.24% to 29.49% based on credit worthiness. Rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at AppleCard.com. We're back with budding friends Grace and Nikki and our expert on meeting new people, Elizabeth Newcamp. When Elizabeth moved to the Netherlands a few years ago, she faced her toughest challenge yet. She didn't speak the language and was having a really hard time connecting with other expats. That's how she discovered another trick in the friend playbook. Be super vulnerable. My parents were going through some stuff that was very, like, emotional for me, and I had just moved to the Netherlands, and I literally had made one friend on Facebook, and she offered to meet me for coffee, and I showed up and said, I'm about to be a lot, but I really need someone. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, like, laid it all out for her, like, tears, everything, and then was sort of like, "I'm, I'm sorry. But that moment bonded us so much that she really took me under her wing and she probably would have anyway to like show me around. And the funny part is her, she introduced me to who became my best friend. She didn't even become my best friend there. Mm. Um, She was truly a friend of the road. (laughs) Well, what's nice is you, is you signaled to her, like you had self-awareness to say, I'm about to be a lot so that she knew, okay, this is someone who at least is aware of what's happening. Yeah. And then you build intimacy by telling them a genuine problem that you're struggling with. And I wonder, have you ever tried this, Grace or Nikki? Is there is this resonating with you? Have you ever tried to show a little bit of what you're struggling with? I did try the, I need help with this. I asked a coworker who I thought would be a good friend, and I said, can you please help me set up a dating profile? Because you're very outgoing and I'm not. So oh, that's a good one. you'll be able to navigate this scene with me. And then from there on out, I mean, I only worked maybe like two more months before I switched jobs. We would text all the time and laugh a lot at work. And so I feel like that was a easy way in for me. Um, hmm, but I, so it worked. It did work. <laughs> she made my dating app profiles for me. <laughs> she actually did it and, for you. Yeah, and picked out all my photos. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I didn't even think of that as a way to start making friends. That's cool. Are you still and texting her? Are you still her? in touch? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't really text her. We're friends on Facebook and, you know, I comment things, but Maybe now I will reach out and Yeah, get her number and reach out, please. Because I, to me, when you invest effort back in someone, that is that is a way of saying, I, I want to be your friend. Like, definitely, like, message her. And, and you have such a good end to, like, let her know how things are going or if you got off the app or, exactly. you know. Yeah, that's a good idea. You'd be like, hey, look at what this guy said to me. Yes, Give yes, me my like number. Like you can have months of conversations like that, right? Oh like my gosh! Just sending yes. stuff and having her comment back, like this is primo bonding stuff. Oh yeah! Right. I mean, there's some screenshots that need to be shared. <laughs> Nikki, now you're married, so you can't yeah. play this particular card. <laughs> Are there things that you like to do? Sports you do like to watch or play that aren't football? 
I would say because I'm an introvert, I think a lot of that I like to do uh, is like painting or <laughs> a lot of oh, hobbies cool. that awesome. need alone time. Um, so I guess that's something maybe I struggle with. So Nikki, I think painting is perfect. So to me, you're about to have some extra time because you're going to go move and your husband's not going to move yet. I think that you should find a group or a studio that has open paint or a class, or a right? class, mm-hmm. or a book. If you love to read, a book club, um, any of that, and go do some of your hobbies in a space where you are alone, but with people. Like, I actually think what you probably want is someone else who enjoys doing some quiet activities together. You know, like one of my very dear friends that I met is like very introverted, very quiet, and she's the person that I go to when I need that, right? When I I need to be with someone, but I'm not really ready to just like chat or I don't have the energy to chat. She loves to craft. I love to craft. We will literally bring our sewing machines and like sew in the same space, um, like mm-hmm. listening to audiobooks. And so I, I don't want you to leave here thinking like, well, I'm introverted and I'm quiet and therefore I can't build this amazing relationship because you can. I really like this next rule. You can be kind of chill and still find your people. Look for a group activity and then zero in on someone who shares your interests and just hang out. Introverts need friends too. Nikki, what do you think about this idea of the painting studio? I've thought about that in the past um, and I've always been hesitant at the point where I imagine myself just being with a lot of others who are painting and then not knowing how to go from acquaintances to friends. Mm -hmm. This is such a good key question, right? Like, how do you convert from acquaintances to real friends? And you don't want to, I mean, there's always this fear of coming across as desperate, right? Mm -hmm. That we're all, I think, afraid of. Elizabeth, do you have any tips for how to deal with that? One is be okay with being desperate. It, I don't like if you were desperate for water or you were desperate for food, you wouldn't oh. hesitate to say, I'm desperate for water, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to walk up and say, I'm desperate for a friend. <laughs> um, but I think internally feel like I'm okay that I'm desperate for this. This is something that I need. And it's also something you deserve. Okay. You deserve to have this in your life. Um, so, one, be in that mindset. And that might mean, you guys, for me, that is literally. <laughs> Before I went to my first stroller strides class, which is how I decided to make mom friends, was to show up at this exercise class. I had to call this this friend, my oldest friend, call her and be like, I do not want to get out of this car. There's like a million mm. ladies with strollers. So I like, I'm a brand new mom. I don't know what I'm doing. And she was just like, get out of the car. Call me when you're done. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So Nikki, have your husband ready. Get out of the car. You can do this. <laughs> I I think the conversion, look, this is where the work happens. You cannot rely on someone else to do the work, which mm-hmm. means that you have to ask the hard question with someone. The advantage of a class would be that presumably there's three or four sessions. Um, I know for stroller strides, I got someone's number that first week. I just basically was like, I'm new in town. Would it be okay if I got your email or your number? So I have someone to ask questions to about the town. Again, asking for help. They gave that to me. And then I literally texted them. Are you going to class on Tuesday? 
So I think what you have to do is you're going to have to ask for an email or a number, a way to get in touch with them. And then you're going to have to come up with a reason to text them. <laughs> it's so simple, but like it shows, hey, I remember you and I'm excited to see you. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. The key part for me is planning in advance because the simple examples that Elizabeth shared, I would never think of those. Like uh, just saying, hey, are you coming to class? It, that exactly is... I can do small talk, but how does one transition from, you know, day-to-day happenings to like, this is what's on my heart right now. I feel like Mm -hmm. I don't want to dive off the diving board yet for that. It's like going from the regular diving board to the high dive. Yeah. And you're that (laughs) six-year-old at the end of summer, like, this was my goal and I can't do it. (laughs) It is hard, guys. It's hard for me to I think the other thing is that if you don't feel like you can share, something you can do um, is ask questions of that person. Mm -hmm. So um, ask them to move the conversation from day to day. They tell you that they went to visit family. You know, you can ask like, oh, well, how did that go? Like something I almost always do is I carry a paper planner. And if someone says something to me like, oh, I'm, I'm going to a funeral or I have this big work meeting... I just jot it down on a day in the future. And then when I see that on my thing, I literally text them, hey, I was just thinking about you and that meeting. How did it go? Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I know you were wow, getting back from the like funeral. that is varsity maneuver. Oh, that is so good. That is amazing. Okay, you may be thinking, isn't this a little phony to remind yourself to think about someone and then tell them all about it? Well, Maybe. But is it phony to keep track of people's birthdays in your calendar? No, it's not phony. That's nice. So why don't we do that with everyday things? People are really mm-hmm. touched. Like sometimes people are that you remembered. Like those mm. little, just those little things that seem like nothing are friendship builders. That Those are the little building blocks. The other thing that I do that for these like friends of the heart is, um, you know, those moments when you're like sitting somewhere and you like, you don't really have anything to do, but you're sitting with your phone. I try Mm -hmm. to use those moments to say, are these like couple friends of the heart in my top 10 texts? Mm -hmm. And if they are not, Mm -hmm. I just send them an emoji or maybe, you know, maybe I send them an actual thing. And the funny thing is that almost all of them have started doing it too. Like just this confirmation, like, I just want you to know that I'm thinking I'm sitting here and I was thinking about you and I just want to keep you in that <laughs> that top group of texts, um, hmm. which is a really sad technological way of being like, we're still in touch. Here's our next rule. Our phones are famous for preventing intimacy, but you can also use that technology to make new friends and keep old ones. Set calendar reminders for important events and send people a text to let them know you're thinking of them. And then, and this is really crazy, you can also use your phone as a phone. Call them up, reconnect whenever you have time. I like the idea of texting people out of the blue to keep them in my top 10 list. And I like, you know, writing stuff down as a reminder for a later date, because the reminder app is my favorite app on my phone. (laughs) Grace, I'm curious, do you have any advice for Nikki on how she can spark small talk on her first day since you've had a couple of first days lately? Um, I think for me, like asking, oh, 
You know, mm-hmm. do you have any mm-hmm. kids or pets at home? Tell me about them. Oh, yeah, pets are another good one. Mm. Oh, yeah. Can't lose. No. I so want to get a cat, but I have an allergy. Oh, you know, there are hypoallergenic cats. <laughs> um, I don't want to say this, but they are ugly. <laughs> okay. There are also cats that don't shed as much, and there's also allergy medication. And do you have any pets, Grace? I do. I have two cats that I got... Um, in November, and then I got COVID, so we were actually trapped oh. together for uh, two weeks. Like, it really wasn't that bad for me, so like I was perfectly okay just snuggling with my cats for two weeks. Nice. So uh, there must be ways to use our pets yes. to make human mm-hmm. friends, right? Yes. That has to be. Well, this was my conundrum. You know, I don't have a dog, so I can't take my cats to the dog park to make friends yeah, that would not well, I guess. work well um, <laughs> much to their dismay i've tried taking ralph and rosie on a walk just to see what would happen and that didn't go well so i'm not making friends that way <laughs> well i give you credit for trying to take a cat out on a leash i mean yeah plus now you're that lady who took I'm, her cats out on a leash yes. i mean no one can forget and so i'm that <laughs> girl walking and they're like look there's a cat <laughs> This should I guess be I can make friends like, that way. Like story when you're out with these groups and you're feeling like you're not part of the group, this is the story you need to tell. It's a good story. Because <laughs> yeah. listen, it's funny. It's like something that your friends can make fun of you for a long time about in like <laughs> and that's, okay that, that's that. like part of that bonding, right? Like they can be like, remember that time you tried to take Rosie out on the leash? You know? Like I just feel like you should be like, you guys, I did the craziest thing. Like I tried to take the cats for a walk and everyone's gonna be like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, like I it's such a great story it can be told over and over and it's humorous like these are the these are the things to prep yourself with Mm. so you're what you're suggesting is have a great introductory story in your back pocket yeah like your elevator pitch but you're you're pitching yourself with like a fun story about yourself or something you like to do or just something funny that happened to you like a bit a bit yes yes yeah yeah you need your little shtick that's right Here's our last rule. Sometimes you got to think like a Hollywood producer. You just never know when you're going to run into the studio boss, or in this case, a new potential friend. It may or may not be on an elevator, but always have your pitch ready. Making new friends is kind of like a performance in the beginning, and you want to make sure you nail that audition. I'm just going to use, I'm new to town over and over again, even if it's like five years in. (laughs) Also, I think you could use Grace's cat story. Yes, yes. My friend tried to take her cat on a walk. Yeah, there you go. Yes, yes. Grace, just so you know, I'm going to use the same story. (laughs) Please do. All right. Well, look, thank you. Thank you all so much. I learned so much and I have all these tips I can use and I hope you all can as well. And I know this is going to be really helpful. I had a blast. Yeah, this was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you guys for sharing. Like, I I know it's it's not easy, but I'm just, I'm delighted to have gotten to know you both. Even just people knowing they're not alone is, is such a good thing. Thanks to Nikki and Grace for courageously talking about this topic and to Elizabeth Newcamp for all her amazing advice. We'll add a link to her blog in the show notes. And if you want to find out more about her thoughts on adulting, check out the podcast Mom and Dad are Fighting. And by the way, Nikki and Grace have kept in touch with each other and with us. 
Nikki says she had a great first week at her job and tried out many of Elizabeth's suggestions, including asking for help and being vulnerable. She also signed up for an art class. And Grace, meanwhile, she told us she reached out to that old coworker who had helped her set up her dating app, and they have plans to get dinner soon. Keep us posted. Before we go today, we want to circle back to our special two-part series on how to stop a fight before it starts and how to keep cool in a crisis. And a few of you called us with your own experiences. My name is Jennifer. I'm calling from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, This reminded me so much of a situation where we had a person come into our house seven or eight years ago now. They were on substances, and we had to figure out a way to get him out of the house without um, escalating the situation and, most importantly, uh, while protecting my children. It's so funny listening to the story because we actually used some of those strategies without realizing it. For example, we kept the door open close to where he was so that he could leave if he chose to do that. I had my kids leave the space. I very calmly signaled to my husband to call 911, and we just tried to keep things as calm as we possibly could until they got there. Um, thanks for a great episode. Really enjoying the show. Hi, my name is Corey. I live in Montrose, Colorado, and I'm really curious. So I just started working for a property management company, and we had a guy come into the office, and he was just raging, and I just froze. It wasn't fight or flight. It was just freeze. And so I'm curious, in this conflict de-escalation, how do you snap yourself out of the freeze so that you can actually do something about it when you're just like kind of stuck watching this thing like it's a movie playing out in front of you. Corey, that is a great question. Freezing is one of the most common human responses to extreme stress. A great way to snap out of a deep freeze is to do what the military calls combat breathing. This is simple. It means breathe in for five seconds, out for five seconds, and do it again. It helps you access your thinking brain when you're really freaked out so you can get out of there or maybe even try the crisis two-step that we talked about in both of those episodes. But remember, you have to practice combat breathing in low-stakes everyday situations first. So anytime you get stressed out while driving or waiting in line, try doing that breathing so it becomes automatic whenever you're stressed out. Thanks to everybody who reached out to us. Keep your calls and voicemails coming. We love hearing from you. Do you have a crafty idea for how to make friends as an adult? Send us a note at howto at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001. And that's where you can also send us any new questions you have. We're literally sitting around waiting to solve your problems for free. So don't be a stranger. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rosemary Belson produces the show. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown, remixed by Merritt Jacob, our technical director. Charles Duhigg created the show. I'm Amanda Ripley. Thanks for listening. <laughs>